Easter Sunday is the greatest day of the year, really. It's the uh, day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And uh, you hear the, when, the, when the ladies went back to tell the disciples about the resurrection, it said their words seemed like nonsense. Mm. I think we, we can talk about the resurrection so much uh, and, and think about it uh, as Christians that we, it's hard to realise just how amazing a miracle it is that someone would be raised from the dead. It doesn't happen like that, does it? That's, that's not how life, uh, is. as far as people outside the church are concerned, resurrection is complete nonsense. And even when the disciples were faced with Jesus, even when he said, touch them, they still had trouble believing because it's such an incredible miracle uh, that that they can see him, they can touch him, they can eat with him and still they're having trouble believing that he's raised from the dead. There is no more radical thought in humanity that Jesus, a man who died, not just died, but died a fairly violent death so that it's not like he's just been, had life breathed back into him. He's been restored in such a way that is, it is the miracle of miracles, actually. Um, there is no greater power, the Bible tells us, than the power that God exerted to raise Jesus from the dead. You don't get a bigger power than that. Mm. It proves that death's not the end. And furthermore, it shows this. If Jesus was raised from the dead, then he's still alive today. He's still alive today. In the body, Jesus has been raised from the dead. If Jesus wasn't raised, then, uh, well, it's a bit of a joke really, but it's, uh, the, what, uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus proves the forgiveness of sins. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Uh, We talked on Friday about the forsakenness that Jesus uh, experienced, the abandonment by God as he took the sins of the world. And obviously that punishment he took was effective. That separation, that abandonment was Effective because God raised him from the dead. So that when Jesus said it is finished, it proves that it was actually finished. He'd actually done his work. He had really taken our place. He'd really removed our sins. And so death is no longer the end of God's story or our story. There's no point in being a Christian if uh, there's no resurrection of Jesus. Give up on it. It's the one miracle which proves all other miracles and proves everything. Now, I was talking to a non-Christian about a week and a half ago and uh, about if Jesus wasn't real, if what we were saying about God wasn't real, I said, then I am a complete waste of time. That's what I said to him, I'm a complete waste of time. But he, surprisingly, even though he doesn't want to believe in Jesus, he kind of liked our life and he liked what we were doing for him. He said, no, 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 you're not wasting your life. He said, if it makes you happy, 
being a Christian and it helps others and it's not a bad life really. And I said, no, 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 you don't get it. That means everything I say, because I spend my life telling people about Jesus, is a lie. And my life is a complete waste of time and I'm putting all this effort into things like you know, love, which aren't real if, if, if the things of God aren't real. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? If Christ has not been raised from the dead, it is all a waste of time. It, the whole lot is a waste of time. His resurrection is the one thing that cements our hope for everything else that is of God's. Now, I wanted to base really what I'm talking about from a passage from Romans 1 today, because we've been looking in Romans for the last however long. <laughs> and uh, Paul was saying this. He's talking about the gospel he promised, this is verse 2, beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, God's son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, so he was, he was a real man. Uh, he was a descendant of David who was the king of Israel, the great king, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, it's, it's a huge amount in that sentence. But what it's saying in, in one part is this. God has proved that Jesus is God, his own son by two things. His birth line. Well, there's actually three things in there. And we'll talk about all of them. Firstly, his birth line in David's line. Secondly, his resurrection from the dead. And thirdly, this strange thing about the spirit of holiness. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, Jesus said, into your hands I commit my spirit. Okay? Yeah, I, if, I'm sure at death there are many doubts. I don't know if Jesus had those doubts. I, it doesn't seem that he did. He seemed completely confident in placing his spirit in God's hands. So he said, into, my, into your hand I commit my spirit. And the Father honoured that by raising him from the dead. Okay, How do we know that Jesus is the trustworthy son of God who's worth following? Because God raised him from the dead. God honoured everything he'd done in his life. He said that everything that Jesus lived was good and right. He gave his mark of approval by raising him from the dead. By, by raising him from the dead, God was saying, he is indeed the sinless, obedient son of God, Everything about him is perfect. He lived the perfect life. He died in obedience to what I'd said. It's important to see that because you see, our hope, our assurance is based in something concrete that has been done through Jesus dying on the cross. But the proof that that is real and right and true comes in that God raised him from the dead. So uh, Romans 6, 4 says, Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. The Father's glory raised him from the dead. Now, I'll go back to that verse in Romans 1, 4. Who through the spirit of holiness, Jesus was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Funny thing is about that, there's, there's all these strange little Greek things in this. And when it says he was appointed Son of God by power by his resurrection from the dead... Resurrection from the dead is actually plural. 
Jesus was raised from the dead. But you see, into that comes the resurrection of all who believe in him. So it's a plural resurrection. He is the first fruits, as Paul says later, and we are the second fruits and all who believe in him will be raised. So one has gone before us into death, right? Um, I don't know if you can think of a fearful experience in life. It's always uh, good to know that someone's gone before and made us through, hey? Well, Jesus has gone through death. He's come out the other side. He's alive, which makes an absolute assurance that he knows the way through death because he is the way or he is the resurrection and the life. So we can be sure at our point of death that we will be raised because he was raised. I don't know if you remember, we went to Easterfest in 2014, I think. And um, you remember? Yeah, some of us remember that from our family. And uh, there was a, um, firstly, there was this lady singer who was telling everybody that they, you can all change the world. Yeah, don't you love it when you hear that? You can all change the world. You can make your mark. You can uh, be remembered and honoured. And I'm going to change the world. That's what she was talking about. She was actually talking about how she was changing the world. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then... And then there was an old uh, music group got up and the bloke told a story. Um, now this is, it, it's hard to picture this because it's, he, he did this story in front of a whole lot of young people and us. Um, and and he, he talked about, uh, he said, uh, we were visiting a friend the other day in hospital who was dying and he was having doubts and fears and, and he wanted the pastor to come and talk to him. And, and the pastor got there. He said to the pastor, Pastor, have I done enough? And the pastor said, no. <laughs> no, but Jesus has. Now, if, if he had said anything else than that, he would have torn that bloke's assurance completely away. But he gave him full assurance, didn't he? Because Jesus has done enough through his death, through his dealing with sins, therefore our taking away of our sins, then through his resurrection, he's done enough. Now, he's done that in front of a group of people who are young and vibrant. That's what he told the story to. Because it, it, It's actually unpopular to talk about death. It's very unpopular. Um, ultimately... We've had people leave our church because I said one day we're all going to die. That's true. It's, it is true, but it's true that they left our church over that too. We are, but the, 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 and, and, and you see, if you're a Christian and you don't know constantly we're all going to die one day, you're actually delusional. Okay? We are going to die because we have this central truth of the resurrection that God through Christ has dealt with our sins, has dealt with our separation, has restored us to God so that we'll be raised from the dead, so that we'll be with him forever. That's not a sub-doctrine. That's actually an everything doctrine. It's the most important thing. Now, okay, just quickly, and I, I try to make sense of this. He said this, who through the spirit of holiness was appointed son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. 
the spirit of holiness thing there, um, how I uh, understand, that's not how I understand it, sorry. Uh, it's how a Greek scholar says it's probably to be understood, is that Jesus was proven to be the Son of God by his resurrection and by the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit bringing us holiness or glorifying us as believers or showing us the truth of the resurrection. In other words, God pours out his spirit on us to sanctify us, which means sanctify means to holify, as in make us holy, right? And that sanctification then means that we are constantly pointed towards God, that we constantly fix our eyes on Jesus, and we actually believe this thing, which is nonsense to the human mind, that God has dealt with our sins and raised Jesus from the dead, and he'll raise us from the dead. In other words, if you want to have proof of the resurrection of Christ, have a look at the fact that you actually believe. That there's actually people, young people, old people, people who are sick, people who are suffering, who actually believe in Jesus because of the sanctifying work of the Spirit who's pointing people to the very message that's happening. It's proof of the resurrection of Christ that we fix our eyes on Jesus because Jesus is now alive, standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, praying for us and pointing our eyes towards Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Good. Thank you. Right. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit is sanctifying us and that sanctifying is not just cleansing, he's setting us aside and he's bringing us the truth of faith in Christ and he's giving us hope in Christ alone. That's where our that's the foundation of our hope. So 1 Peter 1, 21, he says, Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and your hope are in God. We were talking about becoming a Christian before, um, with you two, and, and the change in life that happens when someone becomes a Christian. When you become a Christian, when you're born again, your whole focus of the centrality of what's important in life is completely switched. It's completely turned. You are walking towards a whole lot of stuff, which, were to, which was to bring you hope, and suddenly you're heading towards one thing, Christ alone. Okay, And, and, and that Christ alone is our hope in the resurrected life, the eternal life that God's bringing us, not just the pathetic riches of earth. Okay? So, because Paul had said in 1 Corinthians 15, if only for this life we hope in Christ, if only for this life we live now we hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. In other words, if all of our life that we think now is all about what we live now and the renovations we're doing on our house and the uh, money we're making and the, thing, the, the glory we're building in this, and our ease of life and our joy in human experiences, if all of that is what we think our hope of Christ is about, then we are to be pitied. Feel sorry for us. Because the resurrection of Christ raised from the dead at the right hand of the Father points us towards an eternal life where God is 
in the future and our future hope after death and not in the lesser things of this world. So we, we, as John said, we don't love the world or anything in it. Okay? Because in this world, our work and our possessions and our families and our hobbies and, and the easy life we live and our bodies, they are not the ultimate thing. It is a relationship with the living Jesus, which is eternal. All right, think of it like this. Ukraine and what's happening there is seemingly a great disaster, isn't it? There are people being killed. Horrible things being done to people. Their houses are destroyed. Their plans and purposes of life are ruined. If we have this kind of mindset of the things of this life, right, what's happening there is the ultimate disaster. Is that true? Now, I read an article yesterday, a Franklin Graham one, I sent to some of you, uh, and he was speaking about he's been visited Ukraine a number of times in the, in the last couple of months with a, a Samaritan's Purse thing. And the, what he was speaking was about there are many, many Christians in Ukraine. Many, many Christians in Ukraine. He said, you're driving down the street and they have signs that say, our only hope is in God. Big street signs. Don't get that in Australia, do we? Right? So what you have there is an earth, from an earthly point of view, a human point of view, it's a great disaster. But from God's point of view, from the resurrection point of view, it's actually people who have their hope in a greater treasure. And the Spirit is bringing holiness in the rubble. He is revealing the truth of Jesus. He's teaching and encouraging people and bringing a resurrection hope. And to those who die, he's actually bringing a resurrection, not just a resurrection hope, a real resurrection to those who die in Christ. That resurrection is a greater treasure than anything else. So in other words, when we see... Partly the, the problem we have is we see the human disaster, which is the mess, which is we're thinking it would be terrible if we lost all our dreams like that. But they are not the central thing. The central thing is Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that war or, or anything that, that, that is pleasant, but I'm saying our hope's in Christ and their hope's in Christ, and that's the most important thing. When the angel appeared to the women who were searching around for Jesus, he said, why do you look for the living among the dead? And why do we keep doing that? Why do we keep worshipping dead hopes and dreams in this world? Why do we keep going to a cemetery to find life? Because the eternal plan of God is to bring us hope through Jesus and that is the central thing. And so if we ever want to have the peace that Jesus said, peace be with you, it'll come through knowing his resurrection and living in the hope of that resurrection. Future, but one day it won't be future. One day it'll be real. And the bit that happens after the resurrection is the eternal. And what we have now is the temporal. So I want to finish by, uh, well, not quite finish, but Peter says this. To sum up this, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we have a living hope and a new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. All all the treasures we have on earth, all the inheritance we have will perish, spoil and fade, but not this one. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Where is it kept in heaven for you? Well, with Jesus, who's standing at the right hand of the Father, resurrected. So that's where our hope stands, right there, it's Jesus, who, through faith, as we trust in him, are shielded by God's power. So we're kept safe by God's power until the coming salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. I'll finish by praying a blessing that Paul prays on them because, you see, for us to understand, you see, I I think that the things of this world in the end are are worse than a drug addiction. If you've seen a druggie, they're kind of dopey and useless and they can't see the real life. They're in a daze, right? Well, the things of this world, the things that promise us hope, they turn us into druggies and we're all dazed and dopey and, and we need something to slap us around to wake us up. Now, the slapping around to wake us up is going to come by the incredible power of God that is so great that it caused Jesus to be raised from the dead. So this is a blessing I'm praying on you from Ephesians 1. I ask that the, Lord, uh, sorry, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Father, I pray that this would occur in our lives, that you would wake us from our slumber and give us the incredible hope that comes through Jesus Christ alone. I pray that you would break down all those things that distract us and, Father, that by your Spirit you would call us to know you better. The greatest treasure that there is to know you our Lord and Saviour, and to live with you eternally. And Father, as we we face uh, the threats and the fears of death and the fears of missing out in this world, I pray that you would remind us that our hope is grounded in the resurrection of your Son, the most important, the greatest, the best, and that we would look to him and his eternal kingdom above all else. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.